Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Manam Pod. My name is Becca Schoenborn, joined by my lovely co-host, Dustin Dubuque. Hello. Thanks for such a beautiful introduction. The last episode, I botched it completely, so I appreciate it. It's okay. You had a rough morning last time. So. <laughs> it's it's right. true. It's true. But we're, we're doing good now. It's nice and cold. It's November. Nice and cold. Those are not two words I would ever <laughs> use in the same sentence. <laughs> I feel like we had the same discussion last year when it starts Probably. to get this time. about. Uh, I, I re-listened to an episode, I think, that came out around this time last year. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole discussion of, of, of your your disdain and dislike for the cold weather. So we don't need to have that again. We'll just assume. That's all right. Yeah, you can just assume. If I have to put my sandals away, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I know. I keep mine out all the time, though. Like, uh, even if there's snow on the ground, I'm like, mm, I just need to run outside for a second. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to put shoes just on for this. Put socks on first. Exactly. My feet will warm back up. It's fine. <laughs> I ain't staying out here. Um, but with cold weather comes fun outdoor cold events. Yeah. Is that the one time you like the cold? If there's actually something fun going yeah. on, can you November handle it? November and December is a really fun time in exactly because of all the things that are of happening. All We've, the things that are going on, so you can enjoy it. It's yeah. all good. We have a lot of things coming up. Well, mostly you, not until December, but yeah, mostly um, most of the big things in town are December. We'll pre-plug them a little bit. Yeah. Um. the The annual Winter Days event and parade is coming up on December eighth. That's downtown Menominee. Um. It, it starts at five p.m. I don't, and goes until the parade's done. <laughs> like eight? And then there's fireworks. Yeah. And there's fireworks, which I know um, we plugged last year, but the fireworks are the coolest part because not only are you freezing and you want to go home, they they just light them off as fast as they humanly can. Like It's it's awesome. So like $3,000 worth of fireworks get blasted off in about four minutes, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So a good time to go downtown and check out all of the restaurants and businesses. Yeah. And... um. Get some free hot chocolate from Swiss Miss. They always donate a bunch of hot chocolate to that event, which is super nice of them. Um, there's bonfires. Usually Santa's around. If Although Santa's been pretty elusive this year, it's hard to find Santa. Really? I am having a very hard time, yeah. Finding Santa Claus, huh? Yes, believe it or Interesting. not. Interesting. It's been the most difficult part about planning a holiday event has been locating santa interesting yeah many of them retired in the last couple of years well is that a post-pandemic thing yeah interesting i know (laughs) who would have thought a santa shortage who would have thought a santa (laughs) shortage post-pandemic interesting um so yeah that's coming up on the 8th the weekend before that uh i am still in like board member mode i keep forgetting that i also plan events at my job Mm -hmm. (laughs) um uh, Friday, December 2nd, and Saturday, December 3rd, we're having our annual holiday hoopla at Menominee Market Food Co-op. Lots of food samples, and I'm running a gift wrap station this year, so you can come and, uh, if you buy any gifts in the store, I'll wrap them all cute for you. Oh, that's good. Um, we're hoping to turn the upstairs into a cool kids' activity area this year, too. That's cute. Since we don't have our gift shop like we normally would, our seating area reopened, so um, that's back to being used for its original purpose, sure. so we're going to kind of do some of that stuff upstairs in the classroom instead, so you have a lot of holiday things you can go to in the same couple weeks, and then... Um, yeah, then at the Historical Society, we have Wakanda Wonderland, it's from mm-hmm. 1 to 7 o'clock, that's December 10th, that's a Saturday, um, based off the first time we did it last year, uh, be 60, 70 trees lit up. We're going to keep them lit up all through uh, the holidays till the first of the year for sure this year. Um, yeah, it's a great event. We'll, you know, we'll kind of do a lot of the bonfire stuff, Christmas stuff, 
all the things. So we got a little more coming down the pike there, but keep that uh, keep that open. An open date, it's really fun. It was a really it good event really last fun. year. Yeah, I'm definitely decorating a tree again this year. It yeah, so it's so fun. It was really nice to see the trees all lit up last year. It's cool. And we're trying to extend it's it, so and cute. I know that I think the chamber is also trying to do a parade of lights too, yeah, from kind of Wakanda all the way down downtown. So there's cool. a lot of stuff going on. Cool, yay! All right, yay, now that we got holidays. that out of the way, all the holiday stuff coming up. We're yeah. just excited. When it we gets... have two guests today, I know. which is not the norm. Not the We've norm. We've maybe only had two guests a couple other times. Yeah. So we are here with Micah and Mesa, Mariah, because you guys are a father-daughter, which is great. Good to have you here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to our podcast. Yeah, sorry. We have to do the five-minute ramble at the beginning. So thank you for waiting and getting through that. So Help me with the nerves for sure. Yeah. Did yeah. It? Just, yeah well, that's good. <laughs> that's what we're here for. So... Micah, you're the owner of Studio MLM in town, correct? Uh, that's correct. Uh, it's a full, we're a full-service creative agency. Um, we specialize in everything from product design, graphic design, branding, websites, a little of everything. Um, we work with clients, startups, as, uh, from small startups to large corporations, uh, developing all of the above. So, Interesting. Yeah. So like, how do you get into, I mean, I've always, this is what, Beck and I said this off, off mic is you know, we know Micah and Mesa, but we don't know them very well. So it's really interesting for me to sit here and wonder, like, so how does Studio MLM get to where it is in Menominee? Like, because you've been in here for a while now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I came back to start as a non-traditional student at 25. I'm 26 now. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter's four, four yeah. or five. Yeah. Very um, well spoken for her age. <laughs> She's quite sophisticated for a four-year-old. She always has been. Actually, she had that vocabulary. I don't know that four-year-old. That makes sense. Yeah, she's been smart the whole time. So, uh, okay. Take the compliment. Take the compliment. So, uh, yeah, I came back and went to school at uh, Stout for industrial design. Before that, I had, had a couple careers. Um motorcycle mechanics and different things and got back and went into the industrial design program and worked at a small, uh, uh, worked at a corporation and I worked at a small agency and then eventually went off on my own to launch my own line of products, uh, which was a brand called Dots, which still exists on some in some capacity. And then through that, it kind of evolved into um, doing creative work for other people. When they saw the success of Dots, they wanted me to work on their stuff and then it's now evolved into, we've got uh, I think nine people internally right now we just hired some more people and um through the process of 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 what i learned and as well as launching my own brand um kind of learned a little bit of every facet of design and so that's what we did and so um when when uh the last place i worked was in chippewa falls when i went off on my own i moved back to menominee worked out of my house and then we had an office in hopkins minnesota for a while and eventually moved to ro- above raw deal where I had uh, my office, and then the opportunity came up to move into the Masonic Temple, which is downtown Menominee, and uh, <laughs> I have grown to the size of the space, growing to the size of that space, which is going from like like 600 square foot yeah, to, to like a 3,500 square huge feet. Huge space. Yeah. Because so. you own that building too, correct? Uh, that's right. And so through the process of, uh, that's one of the things, is building a company in a place that you could be taken <laughs> taken out from under you pretty quickly yeah it was kind of nerve-wracking so eventually when the opportunity arose i you know made an offer to work with the owner and uh now now own the building as well which gives me some security to not be kicked out right yeah i could still probably get kicked out but yeah. <laughs> maybe mesa when she <laughs> when she, <laughs> kicks, when she <laughs> comes <laughs> in and kicks you out yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool yeah so, so like and then so you, you said you're doing like 
you kind of explain a little bit more of like all the things Studio M does because so you guys do a lot of stuff. We do we do a lot of stuff. So my background was actually in physical products, so industrial design, designing, designing and engineering physical products. Um, what I when I came up with my own and, and th- through my experience, I also was someone that kind of dabbled in everything. So even my first internship, I was building websites and different things like that. So I just because I. Not easily entertained. I have to do a lot of different <laughs> things. I've kind of learned every facet of design, um, but in probably so. So I've taken, I've taken, I've kind of taken over the years of learning those experiences and not, uh, having those experiences and doing those things. I've been able to offer to clients. But what I've done is I've hired people that are better and smarter than me in most of those things because you can't be a master at everything. Uh, so my background is still in, in product development. But we're a very brand centric company, so we're all about developing. Every touch point uh, uh, that someone comes in contact when when they experience your brand, and um, a brand, you know, you can have your personal brand, a business brand. It's it's basically what people, the, the feeling that people are left with when they when they leave the experiencing whatever you're you're selling or service you're providing. That's kind of what we try and. Uh, work on. I don't know if I answered your question. No, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, so yeah, we do. We, language, I was just gonna so. say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, coming so, from a branding person, she's okay. over here. Just okay. Yeah. Like, so that, that's that's what we do. We, so we work with you know some companies provide a service and some companies actually sell a physical product. And in that case, we'll in some cases we'll develop the physical product, we'll develop the packaging, we'll develop the website, the messaging around it, and then provide support after the fact. Sure. So. Interesting. I know, you can go. It's fine. You want to talk I branding like, a little bit? She, you uh, need, yeah. she needs to. If anybody <laughs> on here is talking branding, she needs to at least get a question or two out. So we're just going to let her go. I, and then we'll get to you, Mace, I promise. But she needs to get her <laughs> part out. Talk. Yeah. No, I want to talk about both. Um, creative things and vintage things are like my two she's, she's hobbies in life. So mm-hmm. this is... This is a lot of this, my favorite things in one <laughs> conversation, Good. which is fun. Um, I am just curious, how like how did you go from industrial design to doing branding? So I, I sometimes <laughs> think about that too, uh, because and I and I, I kind of equate it back to I went to a conference years ago, and I remember his name is Michael Kitts. He was the uh, I think he was the I don't know if he was the, I don't know what his position was. Maybe he was the couldn't have been the CEO, but anyway, he was head of something at, at, at uh, Office Max. And I think it was Office Max or Office Depot. I don't know. They combined at some point. But basically, at the time, they were launching their own brand and line of products. And one of the things that they said is the only thing that differentiates one product from another is brand. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, that, that kind of, that's when the whole idea, because I was kind of was trying to figure out where I, because I'm not someone that like falls in love with brands or, uh, you know, I, 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 I like brands and I am into brands, but it's not someone like, Everything in my life is about specific brands. So, but over, over time, I think that was where it kind of planted the seed in my head. And then when I came up with my own uh, idea for a product, I came up with it quickly evolved to the whole line of products under one brand. And so, launching my own brand, being part of that, and understanding that brand is the only thing that separates one product from another. And you can see that working, you know, at the store. You go down the. Most, there are some things that differentiate things in, in food, but a lot of times it's just how you package it, how you brand it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with company experience. So there's the visual side of it, and then there's the actual interaction with whatever that is. You know, so if it's a service you're selling, you call one person, you, you get a different experience. When you walk in that room to meet that person, you get a different experience. Um, so um, still don't know if I answered your question, but you did. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience with every creative person I've met is that they start 
with one thing and then just like teach themselves about a hundred other things in the process you're like oh that's cool but i could also try this and then suddenly you've acquired a bunch of skills you never expected yeah it's 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 interesting because i did i did i have had the opportunity to work on every facet of uh design and we, we do a lot of business and business strategy as well because launching your own business and then also trying to you know, at one point we were in 30 different countries around the world wow. and with with dots. And, and so the ability to work uh, in business across multiple countries, language barriers, everything, you just learn a lot along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, at, at some point, those are things where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm worth what we're what we're billing at because of the experience I have, but also my team. Like my team is amazing, mm-hmm. and I've really hired people that are smarter than me <laughs> in, <laughs> mo- in most areas. And but uh, but I was naive enough to think I could do it and mm-hmm. learn and learned a lot of different things along the, along the way. And now have brought people in to support it. Like when I was one person in the basement of our house, I would say hey, yeah this is studio mlm we're a full service creative agency <laughs> and we were i mean i had people that i could bring on as needed mm-hmm. um and now we've just brought that internally and, the, and grown the team so yeah i think it is it's, it's a matter of i think you have to be uh somewhat adaptive if you're going to own your own company mm-hmm. unless you have you know millions of dollars to throw out and just hire a bunch of people you kind of build build it over time and you have to you have to do it yourself you know? yeah. so it forces you to do that that's the truth. Yeah, interesting. Um, I also want to tell you that every time I see a picture of your office space, I am in awe. Yeah, of the cool office space is. It's very cool. So I want cool. to it's like, I want cool. to move in there. Like every time I see <laughs> it, I'm like, cool. can I move my office there? Yeah. <laughs> like, have you been up there? <laughs> no, I oh, haven't. Really? Oh, I we just we, we just kind of redesigned. We we had everybody cool. kind of stuck up in the loft, and now we finally everybody's moved down to the bigger space. So you should come check it out. It's, yeah, it looks it's, super it's cool. A great space. In high school, I would bring all of my friends there. Like I would try to like be cool and brave like you want to come to my dad's office (laughs) (laughs) show them around because i thought it was so cool and and, and mike knows this that the masonic temple building itself that the room that your office is awesome Mm -hmm. just on its own yeah it's it's a very cool space yeah this huge floor plan it's where the masonic temple used the lodge used to be so it has like this it's and it's hard to explain but it's just this very cool like quasi auditorium little you just wouldn't assume it's up there. Well, that's it's interesting because we'll have and this is an this is an invite for people to just wander up there. But, <laughs> but we do have people that are like, I've lived here for sixty years and never known what was up here, you know, kind of thing. So it is it is an amazing space, and I don't take it for granted. The other thing is uh, Dan Fetterly that owns uh, Radil. He he came through um, when I was buying the building, and he I never even thought about it, but he's like, this is amazing. There's no there's no vertical supports. It's yeah, the whole ceiling is spanned for the whole way so it's, it's very well built building yeah um because there's you know if, if you go in the raw deal which has a similar layout they have the beams that support the yeah. ceiling but that that the way that that's structured there there isn't so yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful space and cool. um it'd be very hard to replace you know like <laughs> if i ever thought about well, moving locations yeah. i'd probably end up in a yeah 10 by 10 cubicle with 12 <laughs> people in there exactly yeah you got a great space yeah. it's great especially moving from raw deals building to where yeah. they also have the beautiful exposed brick and like two historic buildings in a row i feel like it'd be hard to go to yeah. anything that's not a like cool historic has, room oh, I, it has yeah. character too yeah. i mean they are the two like nice historical buildings on broadway mm-hmm. just in general those two 
buildings are. So, Mesa, what's it like to have this man as your dad and have to go through this branding stuff for your whole life? Can you walk into a place and not realize everything he does, uh, you know? I mean, growing up, like, um, with another creative has made me a very creative person as well. And walking into anything now, I am always looking at the branding and marketing <laughs> of everything and, I guess, being critical or also enjoying <laughs> it as well. And well, she she literally like when I when I for it was good and bad probably but uh, when I went off on my own you know I was working out of the house and so she would she was in this stuff since I've got some pretty funny videos of her and her sister <laughs> doing their little dots videos and stuff like that. oh of course yeah. of course but. and I occasionally help a little bit with some like wording and copywriting she's a very good writer yeah oh, okay cool that's cool. So I know we kind of mentioned it, but you recently opened your own store. So now you're got a you're, couple of entrepreneurs. Yeah, now you're this. following you're following a little bit of the footsteps. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, totally. I mean, there's a long story behind the shop, but um, it's called Barbalin's Vintage for a reason. It's actually my grandma's um, alter ego cowgirl name. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, I did not see uh, that obvious, Obviously, Becca. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little different. Um, so she actually owned a store um, in the 90s under the acoustic building, so my dad's building, um, called the Rose Room. And she sold a bunch of, like, beautiful dresses for women and stuff like that. So... Um, and my other grandma also had a business around that time period too. So I come from a strong like foundation of like entrepreneurs and um, growing up in Menominee, I was able to work a lot with my grandma in antique stores and she'd take me to flea markets, garage sales, everything. And I was around it um, for a very long time and I came to appreciate it a lot. And about two years ago, um, at Town & Country 2, uh, I was offered a space to actually resell myself. Cool. And it was really fun because starting out, they didn't sell a lot of clothes there. And it's now really turned into a record and clothing store. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see um, a lot of positive feedback. And I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I saw that my dad could start his own business. And I'm like, I can do it too. <laughs> Um, I was going to college and I wasn't enjoying it. I was going to take a gap year. So um, in the midst of like that two week span of me deciding to do uh, to spend a gap year figuring out my stuff, I ended up um, getting offered the space <laughs> um, by the raw deal with where the farmer's store was. Mm -hmm. And I had to take it because I love that space. It's so a cute much. little space. Yeah. And it was really exciting, but also scary. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was a very quick decision and we got it together in about two months, which is very short period fast, of time. Yeah. It's very fast. It, it helps you have the, some background, some help with branding and figuring all that stuff out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was it's really been nice for us to work on it to get you know, from my perspective, work on it together. Because I mean, one of the reasons that I and, and she did most of the work, but I helped at all was just to see her how engaged and serious she was taking it. Yeah, and the opportunity, like she she proved that she was good at it from the reselling that she was doing before, and the 
and she's lit up and passionate about it and that's like as a father that's all i want from from my children you know i mean like if she wants to go back and get an education at some point that's great too but um i think that that's the part of it is that um just she's she's doing she's what she's doing she knows what she's doing and she's doing a good job at yeah it. I also think that, like, I've learned so much just from this experience that, I mean, I, if I do go back to school, like, I mean, good for me, but I, I've learned literally so much more than I ever thought I could in this time span. And it's been great because, you know, in Menominee, we have clothing stores, but a lot of them don't target youth. And we have a pretty big high school and middle school. And a lot, I've seen a lot of the kids... And, oh, oh, and college, of course. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's like that's a big, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, a huge college. But you sell to all ages. <laughs> yes, I, yes, of course, I do. Um, but I was seeing that a lot of the students were like wearing fast fa- pieces of fast fashion, and you know that's really damaging to our earth. And I wanted to prove to the community that you don't need to like outsource from big corporations to find good quality and cute trendy pieces Mm -hmm. so i wanted to bring something to menominee that it wasn't a market that was that tapped in yet and bring something for everyone size and price inclusive for a lot of different types of people so yeah (laughs) i love that that is so awesome (laughs) oh that's so cool I haven't stopped in there yet. I keep forgetting. You really should. We to. are forever changing in there. We put new pieces out every day as well. Yeah, so. my coworker has come in a couple times. My office mate, and she has had nothing but good things to say about good. it. She loves it. So it makes me happy. So how do you go about like? I don't know. My ignorance is here, which is why you're on here. Yeah, like, how do you go course. about like getting the the clothes and oh, coming yeah. up with like your vision for that? like what you're selling the resale and all that stuff totally so um reselling is is pretty common in bigger cities and i've noticed that a lot of people gravitate towards like hype fashion where it's a bunch of graphic tees and um big prices and for me i've always wanted to just feel confident in my body and my personality Mm -hmm. and i wanted my style to fit who i was and it wasn't a persona i was trying to just show off to everyone else and so i wanted to create clothes i want to bring clothing not create but find clothing for people that express themselves and not just um buying things for um a certain persona because that's what i did a lot in high school i would Mm -hmm. buy certain brands to look a certain way but when i started dressing for myself i was very confident and i it really helped with my mental health and finding out who like I was as a person. Right. Um, and I source a lot of different ways. I It first started with just going to thrift stores and garage sales. And now I do a lot of estate sales. I do house calls. I go to people's houses, go through their closets, which is the fun. So yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. That's a dream job if I've ever heard one. Oh, wow. it is. I sometimes shut it You can it help here. me clean my closet. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a dream job I'd pay for someone to do. Yeah, I should probably look through that. Um, (laughs) Add that to the list. There it is, Mike. You're done. You're done. She's going for it. My dream is to find someone to help me go through my closet. (laughs) My dream has come true. Yes. If Um, I can afford her. (laughs) 
Oh, please. I do not charge anything for going through people's stuff. No. No, yeah, she'll charge you, though. She'll charge you, though, yeah. Make a little money on That's where the charging's coming from. But, um, yeah, and I buy from people. have a lot of people bring in. They'll look through the shop, see the types of stuff that I like, and bring in uh, pieces that they think I might be interested in, which is really cool too because i have found some really crazy items i bet that way yeah i i love that like thrifting and secondhand shopping and vintage stores are becoming i don't like the term the norm but really that it is becoming the normal way to shop from what i can tell and i had the same experience you did when i started thrifting where i was like oh this is way more fun like i can totally wear really once you get out of high school who realize pretty quickly like oh i actually can just wear whatever i want that's fine well, no one right. actually cares. Of course. nobody really cares <laughs> nobody, that much nobody out truly of cares yeah but I, like having like you said uh getting into thrifting and vintage clothes and stuff it's like such a cool way to curate a wardrobe that is totally. unique and that other people won't have yeah and for me like i struggle with my mental health a lot and I didn't realize what it was but it was just me trying to conform to something that no one actually cared about but in my head it was a big deal and when I started like outsourcing and like thrift stores and like um watching all these different fashion videos and reading books about it I realized that I can totally be myself through clothes and as I started to um do that I um found myself and just my happiness and I think a lot of people that do as well as just like will find that through if they mm-hmm. if they uh, start thrifting or yeah. going to those stores and yeah. it is more work it is but that's kind of what I like about it too it's like it's kind of a challenge yeah oh I but love the, it like, I the, love the I love the like the thrill of finding something yes. really awesome for example I've been, this isn't about clothes, but this last weekend, I found my favorite Pyrex bowl pattern, this beautiful mixing bowl in perfect condition, which you never find this specific pattern. And I am obsessed. It literally made my week. I was like, (laughs) it's literally a mixing bowl and I am on cloud nine. No, I get it. (laughs) I get the hype about those. I saw the full, it's part of a four piece set, which Mm -hmm. is worth a lot of money. And I saw the full four piece set there. I didn't buy one piece from a four piece set. It was separate, but I, now it's my mission to find the other three pieces on the house because they're hard to come by and it's from the seventies. That's that's the interesting thing because like, you know, from, from a business perspective, I mean, Mesa goes out and sources this stuff. And that's because I've had friends at the university kind of nudging me like, thanks, my kids are now shopping at your daughter's store. Like, (laughs) it's like, do you know how much it costs? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, people that are looking for these things, you can either go and spend weeks, days, months, years looking for that item, or you can spend, someone else did it and you just pay a premium for that, but you get that cool shirt. So that's the. I wouldn't say my price is. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, let's not. Mesa's like, oh, no. No, no, I, no, your prices are very reasonable, especially in vintage. What I was saying about it is, it was it was it was parents of mine just razzing because they're not their kids like the shop and want to buy everything, right? Better, you know, but it's I know exactly who you're but, talking about. Those those <laughs> girls are adorable. <laughs> but the what what it comes down to is it's, it's also funny because you don't think of things that you you know old T-shirts that you had. If you have old T-shirts, bring them down. My daughter will buy yeah, them. You know? I, no, because it's like you don't know that they're actually they're you're considering it vintage, and it's like. Wait, vintage? I still have those in my in my closet. Does that make me an antique? Yeah. The first time I, I heard vintage? somebody call something from the 90s vintage, I was like, oh, God, I they am were almost 30. Officially old. 
I really, um, I've made it. I am a 90s baby. Well, well, even, you and me both were well, almost it, 30. But it does. It, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it is true, like, how, how normalized some of this stuff is becoming. Because, like, as a metalhead that I am, uh, you know, metalheads love T-shirts. It's just a thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I go to, like, you know, 15 years ago when I was going to concerts and you'd see the uh, 45-year-old metalhead wearing a 1987 tour of Motorhead shirt, you know. <laughs> like, you'd always look and go, gosh, why are they, what's. Oh, the shirt's like 20 years old. It looks horrible. It's so washed terribly. Like, why are they still wearing this shirt? It's the most comfortable shirt they've ever I guarantee but, it. But honestly, now, like the last show is that, I, you know, I run into those shirts. And like, that's not my mentality anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, that's kind of cool shirt. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> those pretty are sweet. The expensive ones. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. metalheads don't live, A, they're destroyed yeah. or they don't let, let go of them. Yeah. And, and, and now, like I, I told myself, I'm like, I need to keep one shirt. And, and I'm really bad at it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a clothes keeper. And uh, I'm like, I just need the one shirt so in like 20 years I can wear it. And somebody would be like, look, <laughs> that that guy's guy. cool. look at that guy. Dude, he's got that. He's got <laughs> the shirt. He's doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's he's at I least was. 20 years old. <laughs> I, have a, I have a few shirts that I, that I sold that I, or that, when I was living in Albuquerque, which I wish. I, I still didn't hear about that. Yeah. Okay. Still wish I still, still had. Yeah. But I, think about, I was just thinking that, about it when you're, yeah. I mean, also the, you know worn in tattered clothing is also always there's always been some version of it that's been in style i remember right. um, my both my parents are from new york my dad used to tell me stories when he he was a mason and he'd be walking back from a job site and he's this was in the this would have been in the 60s and 70s but he had you know his jeans were all torn up and he would have people offer to buy his pants off because they weren't going to go wear them out and they couldn't get them so they wanted his worn out jeans <laughs> yeah so, interesting you know, so, yeah, yeah. And it really never does go out of style. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it just maybe evolves. Mm-hmm. And two things, just like you were talking about fast fashion is such a problem right now. And it's like horrifying when you learn about how terrible it is oh and gosh, how yeah. the conditions people have to work in. And also just like the amount of waste is astronomical, mm-hmm. to yeah. be honest. But also like um, older pieces of clothing, too, I think were just made a lot nicer, too. Like th- totally. things they were are. made to last rather than just to sell for this season and then move on from it like i speaking of things we like wish we wouldn't have gotten rid of my mom had this like levi denim jacket that i thought was ugly my whole life and now this year i was like i am so mad i told my mom (laughs) she could get rid of that because it was like a cool light wash denim like just perfect 80s levi denim jacket and i was like oh my god i really made a mistake <laughs> but, but also it's interesting it kind of comes full circle because we started talking about brand and that's the other thing is longevity is in brand right mm-hmm. levi is one of those things that's timeless and yep, it, and it there and it's those a lot of these items that she sells that are of value are brands are legacy brands brands that have been around forever that that keep you know re, re resurfacing um or, or have always been there but they're that's that's the power of what like what we try and do with companies is develop that that brand because there's value in it. Otherwise, I mean, you can go buy in any any kind of pair any pair of jeans, and there were other jeans being made back then. But Levi's and some of these other brands that she sells at her shop and stuff like that are things that have that hold their value mm-hmm. over time. You know what I mean? And the quality is just. I mean, we just saw at the Durango Vintage Fest a pair of like 1800s Levi's sell for seventy six thousand dollars, but they're still intact. Whoa. Yeah, and that's just insane to it, me. It is. 
But you can get them for seventy three thousand at her shop. Oh, <laughs> if you ever find a pair of those at the shop, can yeah, you even get rid of them? Yeah, you, like, you would evolve. you even be able to sell them? I'd be like yes. this. Yes. Yes. That price, yeah, no, yeah. For that price, yes. <laughs> but I feel like there's a couple things where if I found them, I would never let go. Right. <laughs> I would right. just be like, this is this will live in my home forever. Right. <laughs> well, we are towards the end already. Told you it goes really quick. Yeah. Um, so quick, tell us where we about Studio MMM, where they can find you. Barbalins, where they can find you. Well, um, we're we're above the uh, Acoustic Cafe at 110 West Main Street. Um, that's our physical location. Uh, we also have a website, which is studio-mlm.com. Um, hopefully, if you just Google Studio MLM in the Menominee area, I would think uh, it's coming you up. You can see It'll some of our work. Uh, we don't update it as much as we should. We're constantly working on other people's websites. But I think in the next month or so, we'll be launching a new website. We've been working. We've been talking about it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's where you can find us. Um, you can find me uh, around the corner from the Raw Deal, 603 South Broadway. We also just recently got a website from Studio MLM. It's uh, barbalinsvintage.com. And we also have uh, Instagram that stays very up to date. And it's barbalins underscore vintage, which I highly recommend checking out. Awesome. Very cool. I like it. All right. So... We end the podcast with the same two questions to every guest we have. So um, my question is a little I've learned harder than Becca's, but uh, what's your guys' favorite movie? You go first. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a movie junkie, and it changes l- literally every couple weeks. But my current one right now is Black Swan. Oh, good, good choice. I haven't watched Black Swan in a while. Black Swan's yeah, very good, it's though. Good it's a good one. God. I am not a movie junkie. I only watch movies <laughs> if they'll watch them with me. Uh, do you know what? Uh, or something as a kid. What's the other one we always go to? Like, what's one that you remember like rewatching a b- well, bunch of times as a kid? You could do your favorite show. Yeah. What's, what's Breaking, that? Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> I don't know. Breaking Bad. What's well, my favorite show? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I catch myself watching a lot of reality shows and <laughs> terrible. It does. I, I did not expect that. Oh, well, sorry. no, but it could be like restoring vehicles or something like that. I thought you were watching like Selling Sunset or something. My first no, I don't. thought was like, oh, he's watching Jersey Shore again <laughs> yeah. or something like that. That's no, where my mind went for some reason. I did it's watch like, uh, Selling choice. Sunsets, which is probably not something I want people to know. That is embarrassing, <laughs> That's honestly. embarrassing to me. That, I'm embarrassed while I'm doing it. <laughs> Those shows are it's, so but, easy to get hooked on, it's, though. It's about oh the real gosh. estate and seeing the design of these homes that, you know, I'm not going to, I only get to go in a couple $40 million homes. Oh, because oh, yeah, you're there for the drama. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Well, I was. Uh, I, I did watch. Uh, what is it? Bling Empire the other night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw a restaurant that I. They were in a restaurant that someone I know owns. So that was. Cool. I was in there. There you go. There you go. Fancy. Bougie. Speaking don't, of don't. restaurants, yeah. she's got her question. My question's easier. What good food have you eaten lately? Oh. We just. Oh, I went to the RH rooftop in Edina, and that Ooh. was. Never heard of that. We oh. actually we actually eat at a lot of good restaurants. That's one of the things we do together. That's like the one. That's like our like not even guilty pleasure, but like <laughs> it's like, like they're not guilty about spending my money. <laughs> well, oh, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, we, we that's to, uh, what is it? Spoon, Spoon? Spoon and Stable. Oh yeah, for that. Mm-hmm. And then what's an Italian restaurant around from there? Um, facing that one out. That's but, all right. But yeah, we are. Yeah, we we, we seek out good restaurants good. and spend. That's where the 
that's where we like to spend money. There you go. Yeah. Hey, that's a good one. I understand that completely. I I don't know if I've said it on this podcast before, but I budget the rest of my life around my food budget. <laughs> it's like Same. I'm not compromising on food. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'll Agreed. compromise in every other way, but I'm too good much of a foodie. Food. I I know what I like, and I really like good food. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Well, thank you both for being here. We appreciate it a lot. It was great. This was yeah, super fun super conversation. Yeah, fun to have you. Make sure that you go follow both of their social medias. Look at their uh, websites. Go check out the <laughs> shop downtown. What are your hours? Um, right now, it's 11 to 6 every day except Sundays. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Those are great hours. Um, I'm excited to go shopping now. <laughs> Find some treasures in your store. Um until next time, we will see you later.